Financial Grown-Up Guide, Working From Home, Five Easy Ways to Center Your Home on a Small Budget with author and architect Bill Hirsch of The Well-Centered Home, Simple Steps to Increase Mindfulness, Self-Awareness, and Happiness Where You Live. You're listening to Financial Grown-Up with me, certified financial planner, Bobby Rebel, author of How to Be a Financial Grown-Up. And you know what? Being a grown-up is really hard, especially when it comes to money, but it's okay. We're going to get there together. I'm going to bring you one money story from a financial grown-up, one lesson, and then my take on how you can make it your own. We got this. Okay, friends, if you are like me, you have been making do with what you have during this work-from-home time. It keeps going on. It is not ending anytime soon for many of us, and I am personally going a bit nuts. So this episode was kind of about what I need and what I'm guessing you are feeling you really could use too. I had heard of Feng Shui. This is not Feng Shui. And by the way, I'm sure I'm completely mispronouncing that. We go over that in the interview as well. No worries though, everyone. Our guest, Bill Hirsch, author of The Well-Centered Home, Simple Steps to Increase Mindfulness, Self-Awareness, and Happiness Where You Live, is going to explain the difference between Feng Shui and a well-centered home. He's also going to give us five ways to make it happen. I've already been doing some of the things he suggests since recording the interview, and seriously, they are working. Sneak peek, even fake greenery can make you feel better. I look out my window now and I see fake greenery and I feel better. I kid you not. Listen, and you don't have to take notes. They will be there for you on my website, bobbyrebel.com. Just go to the Financial Grown-Up Podcast area and you will see the show notes as you always do. So just enjoy. I'll be back on the other side. Bill Hirsch, so nice to have you here. Well, it's nice to be with you. Thanks for inviting me. I truly enjoyed your book, The Well-Centered Home, Simple Steps to Increase Mindfulness, Self-Awareness, and Happiness Where You Live. I should also mention, in addition to being an author, you are an architect. People that read the book, that will make total sense. This is very appropriate in this time when we are spending so much time in our homes. Well, it really is. Even in normal times, uh, studies have shown that we spend somewhere around 70% of our lives in our homes. So they have a huge influence on us. And now, what are we spending, 99% of our lives in our homes? Uh, Or a whole lot of people are. And it's made people scrutinize their home and and appreciate or become uncomfortable with certain aspects of their home much more than before. I have a client right now who told me he's cleaned his garage three times. You brought with you five easy ways to center your home on a small budget. Before we get to those, I want you to explain what does it mean to center your home? Because that's sort of the basis of this book. Well, centering is uh, the term is used in the similar way to how it's used for meditation and increasing self-awareness, where you're pulling the things that pull you in extremes in different directions together and getting your emotions and your psyche into a more central and calming position. It's not the same, though, as feng shui. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Uh, It's feng shui, I think, is the usual pronunciation. Yes, feng shui uh, does a lot of that, and it's intended to make things be more auspicious, is one of the terms that they use. 
and people take that into better fortune. That doesn't necessarily mean that per se, but it's a method, almost a strict set of rules method for making your home improve the energy around you and make your life better and happier. The difference with a well-centered home and home centering is that it's more specifically tailored to you and your uh, personality or what we call your home body type. Let's get to the five easy ways to center your home on a small budget that you brought for us today. And the first one is kind of figuring out who you are. You've put together a quiz so that we can figure this out. Exactly. It's a simple 20-question quiz that's in the book, and it produces results that let you know which of four homebody types you favor. But it's also a quiz that doesn't pigeonhole you or categorize you in a strict way because you can have a secondary tendency towards another homebody type. And so the purpose isn't to say you're this, but the purpose is to help you see more about what your personal tendencies and preferences might be so that when you do the things to center your home, you're doing them in a way that is much more tailored and customized to you personally. And I took the quiz. I was a Galileo. There's four different types. We don't have time to go through all of those and I'll leave it for people to see in the book. As an example, so what does a Galileo mean? Well, a Galileo would be a uh, more technically oriented, scientifically minded person. And by that, I mean a Galileo is someone who wants to know how things work. Uh, I have another homebody type, Plato. Usually Plato wants to know why things work, but a Galileo would want to know how they work. So things that are uh, technically oriented demonstrate precision, things that have clearly defined edges and purposes, those would be things that would be attractive to a Galileo homebody type. Functionality. All right, let's go to step two. You talk about earth grounding. Now, when people hear this, especially if they're in urban areas, they might say, well, how am I going to do that? You have some ways. It's about connecting your home with nature, but you have some ways to do that, even if you are not on a beautiful you know, farm or something in the country. Right, right. There have been a number of medical studies that show that people actually recover from surgeries or illnesses faster when they're exposed to nature. And they found that this also works and provides that benefit when they're exposed to images of nature. So if you live on the 18th floor of a high-rise apartment and you have windows on one side, and that's a view of another apartment building, you can still enhance your earth grounding aspect by including images of nature, landscape scenes, items that are nature. I always suggest a bonsai tree being a very good type of uh, an element to add a pearl to add to your your home because it's miniaturized nature and requires some degree of maintenance, which is a good aspect. And if you don't have enough windows to uh, look out to all sides of your home, mirrors can be a very easy way to add a semblance of a window on a non-windowed wall. And this could be a simple framed mirror. It does not, not necessarily meaning a giant wall of mirrors. 
but a frame mirror implies a window, especially if it reflects uh, the true window on the other side of the room. I also want to circle back to what you said about the plant. It's interesting because many people would say, I'm going to get a plant that's low maintenance so that it stays alive. You're saying get a plant that you do have to maintain. Well, another concept that I talk about in the book that I didn't put in the five easy steps would be peopling spaces. And peopling is a verb in this case. And it means how you make spaces relate to people and how you make them be spaces where you expect to see people, as opposed to these austere, inhuman kinds of spaces that we often encounter. And one of the keys to peopling spaces is to have something that requires maintenance, because that tells your subconscious that a person has been there and a person will return because the maintenance says so. Peopling, there are a couple of other aspects And that would be things that suit the human scale, something that's the size you could imagine putting your hand on it and it would fit things that are similar to the size and scale of human beings. These types of things, a row of columns can be a really nice peopling aspect. And we don't think about these things overtly, but I'm telling you that inside, in your inner thoughts, your mind is reacting to these things. And these are the ways that I explain why we like some spaces much better than we like other spaces, even if we can't put it into words. All right. Step three. This is something that I have already started doing now that I read your book, and that is remove the pebbles. We are not talking literally pebbles, my friends. (laughs) Right. Pebbles is a term that I've applied to things that provide negative energy or are irritants. uh, The term comes from a pebble in your shoe. A pebble in your shoe you might walk along and tolerate, but no matter what you do, it is still an irritant. It is still disrupting things. And the only cure is to remove the pebble. So in your home, you have a lot of things that are potentially pebbles. Things like light bulbs that are burned out, doors that squeak or stick, Things like that, Uh, clutter is certainly a, a pebble. Any of these kinds of things that just aren't in the right places. One of the things I rail against are lights that are mispositioned, like in your kitchen, if the light's behind you and you step up to the countertop, your head and your body cast a shadow on the area where you're trying to work. And that's clearly a pebble that you might put up with But if you instead had a light that was overhead that shined down on the surface where you're working, you'll be much happier. You won't have that negative influence. So pebbles are things that need to be removed or remedied. And that goes especially for workspaces, is to really pay attention to your lighting in a workspace. You talk a lot in the book about different kinds of lights and how that can impact how we feel and how productive we are. Exactly. Uh, Lighting is measured by its uh, color rendition index. Uh, That would be the amount of the spectrum that it actually emits. And if it's missing part of that, then the light can be uncomfortable. Early fluorescents and most fluorescents are missing a part of the spectrum and they tend to make things look gray and give people an uncomfortable pallor to their face. And you don't really want that. The new LED lights, some of them are very blue and harsh 
they have too high a color temperature. You want to look for that when you buy the lights and you find some that are more daylight type that are a warmer color temperature. They will literally make you feel better and it certainly makes everything look better. These are really important things for home workspaces to get all of that right. And speaking of that, let me just ask you here, um, you do talk about a lot about color as well. What is the best color for a workspace at home? Well, everybody in the color world will tell you that the color that produces the least negative, potential, potentially negative reaction will be grays. And grays that are warmer grays, meaning they have a brown undertone, rather than cooler grays that have a blue undertone, tend to be even more comforting. Although that's not to say stay completely away from the cooler grays. Just be careful that they can get to be a little harder. And then uh, green is always a comfortable color for people. Colors like red and orange, they're specific colors that really you need to clearly favor them and they can be disruptive. They, they might make the space too energetic for working. And then mild blues are good too, but they can be a little careful with those because they can get to be too blue. That's where the grays maybe are the safest choice. Yes, I actually have a gray, gray area where I work. And by the way, you do give specific literally paint colors um, in the book that people can look up and choose something, choose those or choose something similar if that's what works for them. Let's move on to step four. And this is a little bit more positive. We're talking about bringing positive energy, energy into your home. You call this adding pearls. Well, pearls are the counterpoint to the pebbles. Pearls, if you think about them, they were an irritation that got into the oyster and the oysters started like a piece of sand or something. And the oysters started building a, uh, a coating around that and produced a, a beautiful pearl out of it. So pearls in your home are the same sorts of things. So these would be things that you would want to add into your space that give you delight, uh, attract your attention, make you think. Uh, you as a Galileo might uh, like things that express their technical aspects or uh, are intricate. One of the examples I often use would be a, a clock that is mechanical and shows you how it is mechanical, even though it's a bit of an old-fashioned type of thing, maybe a relic from our, our past now that we're digital, everything. But they're fascinating, and they're the kind of thing that it, pearls are the sorts of things that if you glance at them and not even consciously examine them, they s still do positive things to your psyche. And that's the whole idea of how your well-centered home can support your emotional well-being and mindfulness. Step five has to do with something that can be really is almost always free, just arranging your furniture in ways that provide private and peaceful places. So you can have some solitude, something a lot of us really need with all of this work from home and live pretty much all the time from home these days. Tell us more about that. Well, you're right. It's a critical aspect of working from home. You can't really just set up your desk next to the, uh, as part of the kitchen table and then expect that you're going to work efficiently and comfortably. That's going to wear on you. So if you can create a spot, it can be a very small area and define it with 
some aspect of the furnishings. It might be a small screen like like the one behind me uh, here in my office that just sort of define the space. And when you're in it, you know where the edges are. And also the other people in your family know that's the office and it becomes dedicated to you. This is an important aspect of just sort of living in your uh, well-centered home in that everybody in the house needs to have a place to call their own where they can sit. It might be a corner of a room. It might be a particular spot on the sofa. When they're there, they're in their own space. And then you have other spaces that are designed for interaction with others. You need to think through these and plan them out more purposefully instead of just letting them happen by accident. Yeah, and I think that's one of the most important things, going back even to the concept of pebbles, that you need to pay attention to these things that we're so busy living our daily lives that we haven't necessarily spent the time to proactively set up our homes. And as we settle into what for some people could be long, much longer than we ever expected, it's something that we really need to be more mindful of. So your book is a wonderful tool for that. Where can people find out more about you and the book? You can uh, look it all up at the website, which is www.wellcenteredhome.com. There's a lot of information there. If they would like to uh, buy the book or read a sample from it, it's available on amazon.com. Just type in the well-centered home. It'll take you right there. Thank you so much. Well, it's been a pleasure being with you. I uh, want to hear back from you on how well-centered your home becomes. Okay, my friends, which one was your favorite tip? I want to know. You guys already know my favorite one was the greenery. I have fake greenery outside on my balcony now, and it actually makes me kind of happier. DM me on Instagram at BobbyRebel1, on Twitter at BobbyRebel. And please, 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 if this podcast has value and you want me to keep doing it, leave a review for me on Apple Podcasts. This podcast is free, but that would be a great way to let me know that I'm making a difference and I should continue. Hard to believe we are getting close to 300 episodes. I'm trying to come up with something special, by the way. So let me know if you have any ideas on that as well. Epic thanks to Bill Hirsch, author of The Well-Centered Home, Simple Steps to Increase Mindfulness, Self-Awareness, and Happiness Where You Live. Go get his book for more great tips. Mine is full of little yellow stickers so I can refer back to all of his great suggestions and endless ideas. So huge thanks to Bill Hirsch for helping us all work from home like the financial grown-ups we are. Financial Grown Up with Bobby Rebel is edited and produced by Steve Stewart and is a BRK Media production.